folks, if you wanted to come to our Effective Manager Conference for quite a while, but either we don't come to your location or you simply can't afford it because your company won't pay, we understand, and that's why we've created our video Effective Manager Conference series of videos. You will be able to see the entire conference on video, including the practice, broken down into small 10 to 15 minute segments. Each segment has a quiz and there's a transcript to go with it through which you can search for those topics you wish to go back on. Come to the website, check it out, get a license for our video effective manager conference. Welcome to Manager Tools. Today we conclude our conversation on the management trinity, why we preach it and how it came to be. One quick note before we go on, a lot of folks have been asking about an effective manager conference in Toronto or Canada. Well, pleased to announce that although it may not be up on the site yet, so you may not be able to register yet, we will be in Toronto, Canada on December 10th, 2009 for the Effective Manager Conference. Also, we'll be conducting the Effective Manager Conference and the Effective Communications Conference in London, England on January 26th and 27th, respectively. So although both these conferences may not be up on the website yet, registration will be available shortly. All right, folks, here we go on with today's show. Okay, so we've talked about one-on-ones, we've talked about feedback. Um, now we need to talk about the third thing we know that all great managers do, which is regularly ask for improved performance. And our teachable equivalent for that is coaching. Yeah, it's, it's um, you know, great managers, the ones we've talked to, don't leave their direct development to chance. They don't think that when they hire you because you have good skills, that those skills with a little bit of improvement by goading and coaching and or goading and, and, and encouraging and feedback and constantly talking about performance, they don't think that's enough. They want you to be 15% better, not 5% better at the end of the year. They take an active, hands-on role. Some of them are more about goal setting and providing unlimited resources. Some of them are more about talking it through and uh, being a, a little bit of a trainer. Some people are more about connecting them with their network, whatever form it takes. It's an active hands-on role. They set goals with their directs. They follow up uh, rigorously. Uh, and maybe it's not a project day-to-day, week-to-week, but they don't ever let them off the hook. It's, it's like, okay, here's your goal. In three months, I need you to be here. I need you to be able to master LIFO accounting. And tell me how you're going to get there. Come back with a plan, and then I'm going to check on your plan every week. It's really, really simple. And I want you to know, if at the end of the quarter you're not a master, you haven't been able to figure out LIFO um, for this new thing that we need, and oftentimes the great managers combine what their directs need in terms of development with projects that are ongoing. They, they delegate to them things that will cause them to use the very skills they're asking them to develop in. They'll say, okay, if, you, if you're not there in three months – um, you're going to hear about it because it's not going to be about you failing to develop. It's going to be about you not failing to get your work done because this, uh, this is related to your work. Um, they follow up. They hold people accountable. If you lack drive to improve yourself, you're not going to do well working for a high-performance manager. Now, look, you may say to yourself, if you're one of those managers, if you're listening to us right now, you're listening to Mike and, Mike and I, and you hear us say that you know if you work for a high-performance manager, they're going to drive you. If you say, well, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that, you know, frankly, you may not ever have a shot. No offense. We don't mean to be rude. We're just going to be candid with you. You may never have a shot to be a truly, truly great executive. Now, look, you can have a fabulous career 
in the corporate world or the large organizational world or even the small organizational world without being a truly, truly great executive. But if your standard is get the most out of your people and do your very, very best, um, you've got to figure out some way to get the most out of your folks. And human nature in organizations is such that you will not get the most out of your folks that you possibly can. Great managers and leaders know this simply by hiring good people and knowing them or whether you hire them or not, knowing good people and then giving them feedback constantly and getting some sort of slow three to four to five percent organic growth, the kind that happens with feedback. You're going to have to ask them to step up. You're going to, you're going to have to demand that they do better. And people are going to look back and go, my gosh, I never dreamed I'd get this far. I never could have done it without, without him or her. You know, those who don't want to grow don't last long. There, there are no surprises at the end of the year working for a highly effective manager or executive because they're talking to us every week about how we're doing. The great managers and leaders, you know, she, she's had repeated conversation with, with her directs about what she wants and what the organization needs and then says, okay, and here are your skill gaps and here's what I need you to work on in the next year. Tell me what you need to do it. She works with them to come up with a, a plan to grow and then, again, talks to them all the time about how they're doing it. It's not enough if you want to be great and, and look, we're not saying that, that everybody in the world has to be great, but we are telling you, you can be great and it's not hard or not complex to do. And we've come up with a way to simplify it greatly, but great managers are never satisfied with only a gradual, slow, natural improvement curve. They want and expect and measure and verify noted improvement in certain areas the kind of improvement that can't happen without specific narrow effort and a sustained bit of attention, you know, three, six, nine months worth of work to improve oneself. Okay. You're not going to coast upward if you're working for a highly effective manager. You're going to have to work to keep up. And again, you're going to look back in a year and go, man, I thought I'd be at 2,000 feet up, but now I'm 9,000 feet up. The view from here is different. And we're not saying three promotions. We're saying you have more skills. You're more able to do things. Uh, those periods of fast growth where everybody says, oh, man, I was tired, but man, at the end of the year, wow, look what we did. And look what doors of opportunity are open to me. That comes from working for a great manager who regularly asks for improved performance. When directs talk to us about working for these great managers, again, they say no surprises at, at the end of your review. There's lots of candor, repetition of previously discussed items. Here's where you're good at. Here's where you can do better. They plan next year's growth. Things are clear. And really what we did, the teachable equivalent is our coaching model. And it says, look, uh, it's a very simple process. Frankly, of all the things, of all one-on-ones, feedback, coaching, and delegation, the coaching model is the model that most closely resembles what many, many, many of the great executives looks like they do when they sit down and talk to their folks. And, and it's not, it do, you don't have to spend hours with people. You can do it in five or 10 minutes a, a, a week, which is the whole, one of the, in our opinion, the beauty of the, the coaching model. And there, we, we are frustrated when we hear managers are good at one-on-ones and feedback and not coaching because it doesn't take that much more. But it's really a simple process. You know, you set goals, you gather resources, you come up with a plan, and then the direct acts on that plan. Four simple steps. And folks, every great manager, the great managers are always coaching everybody who works for them. They're maybe using different resources. It won't look like they're training people, but let's be clear, coaching and training are two very different things. And it's a given. It's literally a given. Work for me, 
get used to improving. You don't want to improve. That's okay. God bless you. Go work for somebody else because this team is going to be notably better in a year and everybody's going to be want, everybody's going to want to be on this team. It's happened to me three or four times in my life and I would pay to do it again. Right. It's always an incredible experience. Now, look, in, in uptimes, when things are really growing, it's hard because there's always plenty of work to do in an uptime, taking advantage of new opportunities. There's more work to be done, more clients, more customers, what have you, more distribution, more engineering, more new products, whatever. And managers and professionals we talk to say, why, why make it harder by, by having to self-develop every week? Well, of course, the point is, is that when the market's growing, we want our capabilities to grow. We don't want to, we don't want to simply be pulled along by the market. We want to grow as fast as the market. So when the market slows, we can then help pull the market along. But in down markets, when things slow down a little bit, it's absolutely brilliant because now a well-developed direct, a direct who has, de- who has developed more in the last year than somebody who hasn't on a different team is much more likely to be a force for good change when the market goes back up. And if there is a steel cage deathmatch meeting, and if you don't know what that is, we have a podcast about it. If there's a steel cage deathmatch meeting going on at the bottom of the market, you're going to look good if you've been one of the ones that has been growing and improving. That's the value that coaching gives to great managers and executives. Their folks look really, really good. Much like your point, even though you didn't follow the coaching model, Mike, when you said every single manager who got promoted to director at MCI worked for me, right? People say, wow, I want to go to work for Ozan because he develops his people. He gives them a lot to do. He trusts them and then they do it. And, and that, that's a, in a way, a form of coaching. And if you don't know how to do that, well, we've, we've created the teachable equivalent and that's the coaching model. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Now, the, our, our next one we're going to talk about is the, the fourth thing that great managers and leaders do is they grow organizational capability. And our teachable equivalent is delegation. And I got to say, though, this is a little bit different than well, this is the, what we call the 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 fourth or silent partner in the management trinity right. because it's a little bit different. The first three are about the direct, right? And this one, this is different. This is about growing the organization. Right. Obviously, it relies on the manager and direct relationship. It is the manager giving away work and, and having the the direct take over responsibility for the work. Um, but basically, when you look at the, the key memes, the key themes, the key ideas that energize great leaders and managers, the great managers of the world give away big chunks of their existing job to train their directs on how to do their own job, Right. It's, it's me giving everything I possibly can to my admin. It's me giving key parts of my job to my key directs, right? This frees up my time, if I'm an effective executive, to go after the big opportunities everybody talks about, but nobody does. And, and if you're wondering why your organization doesn't do it, it's easy. It's the same reason that you're not getting as much feedback as you want, because it's fear or because people don't know how to do it. Um, the great managers push stuff down immediately and their directs say, I'm always swamped. And in fact, part of coaching is giving people a lot of stuff to do and then saying, okay, I've got to coach you. I know you don't know how to do this. Here's some things, some resources you can take, av- take advantage of and come back to me in a month and tell me what you've done and I'll touch with base with you and we'll make sure we get you where you need to be. Uh, and, and they literally train people by giving them stuff to do. You know, I wrote a blog post a few years ago in which I said, you know, Walmart and the U.S. Army and the Marines for that matter – and Procter and Gamble are good examples of, of organizations that that really believe in delegation or believe in growing their people. You can't 
join Walmart, or it's very hard to join Walmart as a store manager. Why? Because you have to get promoted from within. Same thing in the Army and the Marine Corps, of course, uh, and the services in general. And uh, same thing at Procter & Gamble. You have to get promoted from within. How do you get? How do you grow? You can be given more and more stuff to do. In, in the military, the chain of command delegates like crazy because, unfortunately, there's a chance of death. And, and, and uh, the lieutenant has to know what the captain does because the captain might die. And we can't have six months in battle to have someone learn their job. That's, that's risky and dangerous. It leads to failure. Right. Um, great organizations know push decision-making down to the lowest possible level. The most powerful person at Walmart are the store managers. It's simple as that. An assistant store manager at Walmart makes thirty dollars to $50,000 higher in some places where the cost of living is higher, whereas a store manager makes one hundred and fifty. Why? Because they, know, they want to incent people to be store managers, and they know that all of the store managers, if all the store managers are great – and they're incented the right way, Walmart will do great. And if all the store managers do poorly, Walmart will not do well because they don't take any money in at Bentonville or in the distribution centers. It all comes in through the stores. And great managers say, I'm going to teach my assistant store managers how to be store managers by giving them parts of the store manager job to do. This one's, one's going to have finance. This one's going to have hiring. This one's going to have personnel. This one's going to have labor issues, whatever the case might be. Well, that's what, that's what I like about this particular model for growing organizational capability is we don't have to make stuff up, right? Yeah. I mean, we're going to, we're giving folks work that already exists to challenge them. And virtually everybody who works for an effective manager or a leader who has delegated, who's growing the organization, is capable of doing part, if not most, of the man, the manager's job. Right. Simply because they asked them to do, and oversaw them doing it as they stumbled through their first few efforts, work the manager used to do. Yeah, there's, there's such a culture of fear in organizations. We've talked about this before. There are only two emotions, love and fear, and fear is the one that works in organizations most often. And and when people say, oh, my organization's like a family, I kind of chuckle because families are built on love and organizations are built on fear. And we could have a whole another 50 casts on that. But but uh, I say, look, uh, part of the reason pe- managers don't delegate is they're fearful of the lower performance that will inevitably happen when someone who's never done this part of their job before suddenly has to start doing it. That dip in quality, that dip in, in results that lasts for two months is absolutely necessary. Just like when, when we first go to the gym, it's painful. And then we develop new capabilities. And then we start adding more weights and running longer and adding more incline to the treadmill and so on. That's the nature of change. You go over that hump, which essentially reduces performance in the short term for a huge benefit in the long term. And if you're short-sighted and say, I I fear failure, I'm not going to fail. I'm going to make sure everything I do is really, really good. And so the manager stays incredibly busy. And of course, then becomes indispensable because part of the reason she becomes indispensable is because none of her folks can do any of the job that she's doing because she says, well, I can't give it to them. They'll mess it up. Sure they will. They'll mess it up for two months. The same way you did when you were first in the job and your boss before you hadn't given you anything to do and you had to learn all of it all at once. And so it doesn't actually take two months for you to learn something. It takes you six months to learn the job because you're learning everything in those six months. Whereas if you gave bits and pieces up to folks, you could probably give them enough air cover that they could learn it and not get in too much trouble. And you could say, well, sorry, I had an off month, a couple of months. And I know you're saying right now, I can't do that. Well, let me tell you something, folks, you can. Uh, maybe there's 1% of you that can't, but the vast majority of you can, if you're listening, you can do less well for a couple of months in a couple of areas because you delegate that part of your job to one of your directs and they don't do it as well as you for a couple of months, but then they get as good as you. And suddenly now they're doing it and you're not, you've got all that time freed up. And now because of the managerial economics 101, they're doing it, you're not, and it's cheaper and you're freed up to do better stuff because you're more valuable to the organization than they are. And look, this is the one manager tool in the Trinity, which is, it is about the manager and the direct. 
it's much more about the organization though. Orgs, organizations which have managers who work on developing their folks tend to have more capability, right? I mentioned manager economics. That mindset is applied perfectly to delegation. More delegation means more productivity and productivity is management's way of getting to profitability. Companies whose managers delegate don't need to hire as many people when they grow, right? And that means more profits and a turnaround that can happen more quickly in an upturn because we don't have to wait to hire as many people as other organizations and our people will be ready to do it. And we will say this as well, in addition to the fact that it's about organizational growth, which a manager has an obligation to address, right? Because the manager is the organization and speaks for the organization with the authority of the organization to all of his or her directs. The delegation model is really much more of a script. This is our teachable equivalent for the great managers and leaders growing the organization by pushing down decision-making and, and um, action to lower levels because they, at some point, had to learn the job. And the sooner we learn it, the better. We, we frankly have found, this is more, it's more of a script than, than a model, if you will, because we found that most managers struggle mightily to decide what to delegate. And, and they, they struggle so much with that, they argue with us no matter what we recommend that they turn over. So we're, we're basically trying to lower the bar that most managers need to get over in terms of having a chance at greatness by suggesting some simple steps to follow to endure whatever delegation a manager does do so that it happens essentially smoothly. Too many managers say they haven't delegated because they didn't know how. And frankly, that is not a good enough excuse. That's a basic sin against the managerial obligation to grow the organization's abilities for the future. Good. Okay. So we've covered the, the four parts of the Trinity and and – what? I love that. I love that. The four the four parts of the Trinity. I love that. It yeah, always makes me feel good to I, that way. I, I, I say it nowadays and I don't even catch myself right, thinking yeah, it's yeah. weird. I just think, well, of course, Trinity has yeah, four folks, parts. Yeah, folks, just so you know, if you think it's weird, we know we're saying four parts of the Trinity. And, and it's because the first three parts are about manager and direct, and the fourth part is about the organization. And I started calling it the Trinity and then suddenly realized there's a fourth part. And it's a hugely important part that a lot of people don't think of as management, but in fact is management. And if you do these four things, we can call them the Trinity because um, we do. There's, a power of, <laughs> there's a power of three and it works and it helps It helps us remember it. Hopefully it helps you remember it as well. Yeah. Uh, another mnemonic kind of, which is to call four things a Trinity. Yeah. There you go. So, okay. So we've covered all the, the Trinity, the four parts of the Trinity. So in this cast, what can we do with the information we just covered? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah that, that was my hesitation. I mean, you, you've asked me for this cast for a couple of years now, and you know, I've shied away because it didn't have that tactical focus on actionable recommendations. Even though, of course, it describes what the the, the Trinity is in terms of actual recommendations, right? Um, but here is what we recommend you do with this cast ideas in the background. Here, the first thing is, folks, use this. I mean, I, I know we're probably speaking to a pretty small part of the audience, and I still we we still feel strongly. If you're someone who's inclined to agree with us here, please take action and let let us know how it goes for you. Tell first thing. Tell your directs why you're doing what you're doing. Look, include this cast, the ideas in this cast, in your rollout of the Trinity. Encourage questions about what you're doing and why you're doing it, right? It's okay to have your directs say, well, gee, bosses I've done work for, I don't know that they did that. Well, maybe if you looked harder, you'll see that they did these kind of things. And don't hesitate to say, well, it doesn't. we're not saying every boss does it this way. This is just teachable equivalence, right? That kind of discussion without even knowing all the right answers, believe it or not, is not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. It's counterintuitive to most of us, but it, it's true. Explain to folks that you're trying to become more effective, right? 
and you believe these models were gonna, are going to help you do that. Don't be afraid that sharing the background will give away what you're doing. You don't want people to be surprised when you give them feedback for the first time. We recommend in the Trinity rollout, if you come to the conference and we describe it in great excruciating detail, um, you, you know, we recommend you tell them, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say this and here's why I mean it. And it's not personal and so on. Um, don't be afraid that sharing it because trust, trust that the more your directs know about your efforts, the more they'll be able to understand and assist you with your own efforts. Also, I mean, this this is useful information in terms of convincing others to try these tools, right? Many managers out there aren't willing simply just to do. They need more background, more proof, more theory, more convincing than others. And right, right, yeah. they want to know the why. And we shared that with you. Yeah. Some folks just won't take action without understanding the, the background of the ideas more completely, how they came into being. Um, and hopefully this cast will help them be able to feel comfortable with the concepts we're talking about and, and, and really begin to believe in them fully so that will lead them to action. And then the third thing is, look, and this is something that's helpful to us. It always amazes people when they come up to Mike and I during breaks. Um, we never seem to get breaks anymore at conferences. There's a line of people saying, I have a question, I have a question, I have a question. Like, yeah, okay, great, right? And then we do open Q&A afterwards and another hour and a, hour and a half or whatever, question after question after question. People sometimes ask a question. I say, oh, that's easy. You do this, this, and this. And they say, have you ever had that question before? I said, well, no, not exactly. But, but it calls on these basic fundamental principles. And if you keep the principles in mind, it's really, really pretty easy, right? My son Drake is, is learning algebra. And I said, look, it's real easy. Figure out what the variable is you need to solve for. And I Isolate that variable. If you move in the direction of isolating the variable, you're going to get closer to where you need to be, right? And if you're stumbling, if you're not sure what to do, move toward isolating the variable. That's one of those themes of algebra, admittedly. We're not suggesting management is as easy to teach as, as algebra, but we are suggesting that the manager tools trinity is as easy to understand and probably easier to understand, frankly, than for some people, than algebra. And we shouldn't assume that we can teach math by saying, here are the theories and here's how Archimedes and, and, and uh, Euclid thought about geometry and algebra. And here's how Newton thought about algebra. We don't want to know that we don't know how to solve problems, right? So we want you to refer to these concepts when you stumble. When you're uncertain of what to do, ask yourself what great managers do. And what great managers do is they build great relationships. So if you're struggling, maybe you need to go back and reinvest in the relationships. It may not pay off immediately, but it'll be good. If your team is struggling, if they don't seem to be getting where you need to go, maybe you need to give them more feedback. Maybe you need to ask them to grow more. Maybe you need to give them more to do. If the underlying rationale is clear, it's easier for any of us as managers to decide what to do when a challenge comes up, when a dilemma faces us. Right. And sometimes it's even easier than that. It's just a matter of eliminating those things that are contravention to, to these principles, right? So if you're thinking about doing something and doing that thing to solve some organizational issue breaks down relationships versus builds them, then it's likely that is not going to work. Yeah. The classic one that I love is when people say, oh yeah, two of my directs are fighting. So I brought them in my office and told them to stop. Well, look, one of the first rules, the first rule of, of two directs in conflict is don't bring them in front of you because it breaks down the relationships and it's not, you're no longer talking about performance. Another thing is when, when somebody suggests a different idea, oh no, that won't work. I do it this way. Maybe we won't have a good defense of what we're doing without knowing some of the deeper background. And you'd say, well, no, this is why I'm doing one-on-ones. I know you want to go an hour every two weeks. It might be easier for you. This is why an hour, a half hour every week is better. Or no, I know you want to have a team meeting. You don't think individual meetings are important, but this is about my relationship with you. The purpose of one-on-one is to have a relationship with you. And I can't have a relationship with the entire team. Uh, if a direct challenge is what you're doing, and come back to this and ask yourself, okay, 
is the challenge or the opposing idea that you're hearing better or worse in terms of addressing these underlying components. Now, look, if you have a suggestion and it helps you get more toward relationships and performance communication and ask people to grow and so on, it's okay to change. Whereas if they don't, if you think this is just a red herring or somebody saying, I don't want to change, which I don't know, I'm always amazed by people who say, you know, I, I like it the way it's been for a long time. Well, good luck with you. You'll, you'll be happy when you're dead because ain't nothing changing after that. So if the idea doesn't stand up to the fundamental principles we're suggesting, stand firm and feel good standing firm because you know why you're doing what you're doing. Regardless, okay, step back, high level. We just got down to the details. Here's what to do, right? Here, here's how to use this stuff. We, we always want to do that. And, you know, tell your directs why. Convince others to try the tools. The more people trying these tools, it makes it easier for you to, to use them and be more effective with them and learn with somebody else. And don't, don't hesitate to come back to this cast when you're wondering, okay, I, I, I'm uncertain about which way to go. Which of these concepts am I violating or not? But, but look, folks, Again, these are teachable equivalents. There is no way that any one manager could, ma could, could masterfully uh, aggregate all the things that great managers and leaders have done over the years and figure out what it is and, and, and to do what they do because you can't simply take what they do and work. You've got to abstract it up a level, look at it and say, okay, how can I apply that in a way that's teachable? That's what these things are. Maybe though you look at them and you say, I don't, I don't like horsemen. You know, he's He's, he's been kind of direct before, and sometimes I think he's arrogant, and so I don't want to do it his way. That's fine. I'm okay. I'm okay with that, honest. But uh, I, I know you like Mike, but you may not like me. But, but look, <laughs> if you don't like our ideas because you don't like the teachable equivalents and you think you've got a better way, that's okay. Whatever you do, though, don't stand still, okay? Take action to be better. We know these work, and if you want to be better and you don't know how, you have our word that these will make you and your team better. And frankly, if you're interested in standing out, you will stand out in a positive way. It'll be rough in the beginning because everything that we change and is new is rough, particularly as busy as we all are with all the work we're doing. If you need a starting point for the change you want to create in your managerial career, we've created it with the Manager Tools Trinity. You know, frankly, folks, we honestly think we're the only ones on the planet doing this. But look, whether we are or not, and we're not talking about just our tools, but we're talking in general about coming up with teachable equivalents that any manager can actually use day to day, week to week, month to month. But even if we're not, what we want for you is a career of professional success. And that means being willing to embrace what, the, what, what your responsibilities are as a manager and get good at them. However you do that, do your best at it. Start now because your directs deserve it and, and help Mike and I change management for the better, even if you don't use our teachable equivalents. Good. So this has been a long, a long cast. How about a quick uh, wrap up of what we talked about? Yeah. So, so look, again, all of the manager tools, Trinity are essentially teachable equivalents. We've taken everything we know about great managers and leaders and said, how can we encapsulate that in something that any given manager can do? Literally, cookie cutter. Yeah, it's cookie cutter. And some of you will outgrow it or you'll change it. And it'll be, frankly, every single one of you who applies it will change it and become yours. And that's okay because this is designed to reach as many managers as possible. And yet every manager is their own person. Right. And then what we did was walk through one on ones, feedback, coaching and delegation, because great managers know their people exceptionally well. They communicate incessantly about performance to the point of annoyingness. They regularly ask for improved performance. And that's why we, we suggest coaching and, and great managers grow organizational capability by pushing responsibility down. 
And then hopefully we shared some ways that you can use this cast um, so that we can feel good. I can put my head on my pillow at night saying, okay, that was an actionable cast because we don't want to be about theory. That's for sure. Awesome. All right, my friend. As always, I enjoyed it. Thanks, partner. We'll see you. Thanks, everyone. That's it. We'll see you all again next week. So long.